Hello and welcome to the movie's Past and Present Podcast. It's October 13th, 2022, and this is episode 91. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. This week's episode features a classic cinema corner deep dive. I'm going to be talking with two of my uh, good movie fan friends, Rachel Wagner from Rachel's Reviews and Darren Lundberg from the Nostalgia Cast podcast about the uh, 1990 film Dick Tracy. Uh, Dick Tracy, I think, is really kind of largely forgotten. Uh, it's it's uh, you know based on the comic uh, strip by Chester Gould. Uh, it you know gained popularity in the 1930s, but uh, I remember you know as a kid. Uh, you know, in like the 1970s, reading Dick Tracy uh, comics in uh, the newspaper. And I particularly liked the one that was in, that would be included in the Sunday comics because those were uh, in color. And um, this film really focused on creating a you know, just like a three-dimensional or real-life adaptation of what that comic strip looked like. Uh, it's directed by Warren Beatty, and it stars Warren Beatty as as Dick Tracy. And, you know, he's he's in that yellow uh, overcoat with the yellow hat, which was, which was, of course, iconic to the comic strip. And they really focused on using... Uh, Basically, it's like seven colors that were all hues of 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 uh, you know red, yellow, and blue um, for for this uh, film. It's got really it's, it's a very striking look throughout. <laughs> also, what's interesting is in in uh, the uh, film or excuse me in the comic strip, all of the bad guys had had really bold, distinctive looks and they the filmmakers did it I think in an amazing job recreating um what these bad guys uh looked like. Uh I think one of the criticisms that this film gets is is pr- probably because of the plot, but I think that they also with the, with the story kept it true to to what what the comics, you know, were like. So it's a really great I think it's a really fantastic you know comic a book adaptation, if you just call it a, a book. Uh, not sure how many necessary comic books there were of Dick Tracy, but it's, this is definitely, you know, a comic strip, uh, of course, from the newspapers. But this is, a, I think, a very interesting comic book film. Uh, a lot of people compare it to the 1990, excuse me, 1989 uh, film of Batman, which Tim Burton directed, which was also very stylish had music uh, soundtrack by Danny Elfman. This also has a Danny Elfman soundtrack, you know, Dick Tracy does, et cetera. Uh, and, and it's fun to talk with Rachel and Darren uh, about that too. So here's my, here's my discussion with 
Rachel Ragnar and Darren Lundberg about Dick Tracy. I'm so excited today because we're going to be focusing on one uh, specific film. Uh, we're going to be talking about the 1990 film Dick Tracy. And with me today are two uh, dear friends and whose opinions I respect a lot. We've got Rachel Wagner from Rachel's Reviews. Hi, everybody. Hey, Rach. Thanks for thanks for joining us. And also Darren Lumberg, who has the Nostalgia Cast podcast and who I'm a big fan of on on Twitter. Actually, I'm a fan <laughs> of both of you on Twitter, and that's how we met. Yeah, <laughs> was mm-hmm. Twitter. So I honestly, I can, you know, I'm so grateful for that because I can say at least Twitter has done one good thing in my life. <laughs> I've met more friends on Twitter than I have in my real life. That's <laughs> you know, it's really. It's really something, to, you know. So anyway, I thank you both for for joining for joining me today, and I'm really excited to talk with you about this very unique film. So, uh, I'd like to first just talk about what is your experience with this film, and let's and let's start with you, Rachel. What's what's your experience with your you know your own personal history with Dick Tracy the movie? It's not long. Uh, it won't take long. It recently, uh, well, every uh, I don't know, couple of months, we like you, like are kind enough to come on my podcast, and we do a Disney ranking. I think our goal is to watch every single Disney movie. Yes, eventually. that's the goal. <laughs> and we're working on it, aren't we? We're making, yeah. And we had gotten a little bit burnt out on doing the 2000s. It wasn't the best time for Disney. And so we decided the early 2000s. And so we decided to, to do 1989. And then we did, did 1990. And uh, Dick Tracy, of course, is under that uh, year. And I had never seen it before. So the, that uh, uh, was a you know, new introduction for me just a month or two ago. And uh, so, and I ended up really enjoying it uh, and uh, pretty high up on my rank. I think I had it at four yeah. for that year for Disney. Yeah. Well, thank you, Darren. What's your, what's your history with, with the movie? Well, we were chatting before we recorded. I used to spend summers in New York with my family. My mom would, uh, you know, I wasn't in school and she was raised just, she, I'm an only child and I didn't have a dad around, just uh latchkey kid so she would drop me off and send me to new york so i'd spend time with my family and so this is a movie that i saw in theaters with my cousins and i know this came out the year after batman um which hopefully we'll talk about quite a bit for a little bit but you know be, me being a 12 year old 13 year old kid i was kind of on a high of comic book movies and this just kind of hit it, it was supposed to hit that sweet spot i think at the time like batman hit like the the, the cultural um, zeitgeist that people just wanted to be depressed <laughs> and, you know, yeah. to be, to think things are cool. Yeah. Right. And so that this movie did not fit that. So I remember watching Dick Tracy in the theater. And the only thing I remember specifically is I went with my cousins and his friends and they got a real kick out of the part where, you know, they're, they have Dick Tracy down in the basement and they, they're going to blow him up. And I think it's itchy. He's like 30 seconds, no more Dick, 30 seconds. No more. And they just, <laughs> For some reason that we won't go into, they just laughed and laughed and laughed about that. But that's my only like recollection of the movie, other than the fact that I thought it was fine. Like I didn't have any problems with it. It was just on to the next, um, next. Yeah. So at what point then, Darren, did you, you know, revisit it and 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 decide, wow, this movie is you know, more than maybe I remembered. 
I think, I can't remember the exact date. It was like when it first came, you know, when they had DVDs, I don't know if we're old enough to remember, like when DVDs, like we would know like movies, like we waited for certain titles to come out because filmmakers weren't sure, like they were stuck on VHS. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah i don't know like vhs is the wave of the future i don't know about dvds guys and so you know, they would sit and i would just see oh this movie's coming out now i can't wait to get this. yeah i think when dick tracy came out again i think it's recent but when it came out i bought it on on uh, dvds like i said i didn't have any problems with it i had good memories of it and then just watching it, i was like and then reading the roger ebert review it was just i think it combined it was like this is actually probably a perfect comic book movie it's just not what we expect or necessarily want from our comic book movies that's something that we'll probably want to talk about but i just have an appreciation for the way it was made and the look of it and like we talked about it's it's very unique um especially today there's only maybe a handful of comic book movies like batman like we talked about or popeye or spider-man into the spider-verse that are living breathing and maybe spider-man 2 to a certain degree but there are only a few that are living breathing comic books on the big screen i think this one fits perfectly in that that uh window there uh you know that really is a great point in that it's it's really kind of almost like a -a one-of-a-kind comic book movie isn't it or you said it's within a really small group uh of of films i saw this film you know in theaters in 1990 uh in fact i i went with a group of friends we like kind of made it an evening we had you know we had we met up had some dinner and then we all we all went to uh the movie on opening night uh i think part of it is because uh i mean it was it was a big summer movie and it was just an excuse to get together with friends <laughs> i know a couple of us myself included were madonna fans and so we were excited to go see a movie with 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 uh madonna in it and but, did she not ruined her reputation by that point as far as as an actress Hmm. she's kind of notorious for being in oh, a really bad movie. <laughs> I think I think that it was before, but I I, I could be wrong because I can't <laughs> say I'm I'm necessarily the pro. But uh, yeah. I think it was early or was early on. Early on. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he had a pretty decent run for a little bit with this and with a League of Their Own. And uh, right. And, Desperately yeah. seeking Susan, I think mm-hmm. was one of yeah, her early Evita her was early a big films. one, right? Like six years after this, that was her last big profile movie. I think yeah, so. Not, I don't. Most people didn't like it that much. Yeah, <laughs> and then, and then I, I, you know, then she, and then it just kind of just like stinker after stinker. You know, I think yeah. before this, I can't remember. I think it was before this. The who's that girl? Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. The Madonna movie. And yeah, um, I have vague memories of that one. It's it's pretty <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but anyway uh but also i remember i loved the marketing campaign yeah for this film uh you had such had very distinctive posters that were very that were you know simple comic theme you know as far as just using these primary you know these primary or primarily or just bold colors Mm -hmm. and anyway also though i remember seeing the trailers for dick tracy and early on it it was they were planning to make this a release under the Walt Disney Pictures banner, yeah, which fascinated me too because I'm thinking, how in the world is is Madonna going <laughs> to be in, in a movie from Walt Disney Pictures? Hmm. So uh, that you know changed, and they you know they moved to Touchstone, which I think actually was a was a better choice, but uh, <laughs> or probably a necessary choice. But uh, anyway. Uh, 
Interesting. Okay, so we all all have kind of approached this uh, somewhat differently, I guess. And I should say, my I I quite enjoyed the film, but I have to say, I think I enjoyed it more with this rewatch that you know that Rachel and I recently uh, did, just because I think there have been so many comic book movies and so many different things that and, and that really differentiated itself. And also, Rachel sent me. Uh, it was it was a the the Siskel and Ebert sh- show. I can't remember what they called it at the time. You know that of uh, you know in 1990 because how it changed names. Yeah, I think it was maybe at the movies this this round. But anyway, not that that necessarily matters. But they both had such interesting perspectives on the film too that I that just helped me see it through. I think different eyes. Dare I say more mature eyes? At least older eyes. <laughs> I don't know about more more more, more mature, but. Uh, so I think clearly one of, and, and something that Siskel and Eber mentioned that, and, and, and clearly I think one of the things that's most interesting about this movie is it's, it was the production. It's just the look of it. It is so distinctive in its cinematography and lighting and costumes. What is your take on, on how this movie looks? Rachel, let's, let's, let's start with you on this, on this one. Well, I really think that that is the major standout of the film is the production design and the makeup. It is truly a work of art. It's outstanding. And yeah. it's no wonder that it won, you know, a bunch of Oscars and things like that. Uh, because it's just so colorful. It's so unique. It's so uh, vibrant uh, that uh, you there's the really the only thing like it is batman and i i said my my letterbox review was just i liked it better than batman (laughs) 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 agree hard agree (laughs) yeah because i don't know i just i don't love that batman as much as other people do um and i mean i just i think that this just it keeps going it's so kinetic which i think uh helps it and uh, and just how colorful and unique uh, the characters are, and the story, and the production. Darren, what's yeah. your take on on the on the production design of of Dick Tracy? Well, I think I kind of hinted at it, but this is not a movie that I revisit like a ton. Like I I got a copy of the the Blu Ray because I wanted to watch it like in in a full spectacular like presentation. And so I put it on last night and within like minutes, like just the colors on that Blu-ray was like, holy crap, like what? <laughs> like my TV yeah. wasn't ready for it. Like my eyes weren't ready for it. I think like if we're going to talk, we need to talk like cinematography, Vittorio Storaro, who did like Apocalypse yes. Now and, and Reds, obviously for Beatty and just yeah. a very prolific cinematographer. You got the art direction, Richard Silbert, Rick Simpson, the the costume design, Milena Cananero, I think that's pronounced her name. And then the makeup, John Caglioni and Doug Drexler. That makeup makeup like on blu-ray like on a on a screen i'm not going to say i don't want to brag and say like my screen is so huge that i could you know see everything but on a big screen it the makeup holds up like if you look if you stand really close to it it's like i can't see any flaws it's like it's perfect and the mm-hmm. the, the colors and i know they only use like what famously like seven different colors and to yeah. mimic that those comics but in with this glut of comic book movies that are just out i've i stopped watching the cinematic the marvel movies i think the last one i saw black panther and then i was like that was like that's the watermark that's the high point of these i don't know if i want to watch anymore because they're just going to be you know back to basics 
kind of thing. And I've, I've seen Black Widow. I've seen Spider-Man No Way Home just because of spoilers and stuff like that. But even in today's, this movie stands out compared to those. The Marvel movies all look the same. You know what I'm talking about? They have a same like cementy kind of bland look and they're not very adventurous. And this movie, when you watch, if you watch like 20 of the Marvel's, the MCU movies, and then you watch this, it's like night and day. A, a difference and i'm like wow why aren't more comic book movies like this and then but you know that could be a drawback and we'll, we'll talk when we go into the details a little more i, I kind of wanted to talk about why it i think it perfectly mimics a comic book even though it's a drawback to a lot of people but you know if we're talking you know batman and stuff like that i just think that dick tracy is a more joyful experience as a movie it doesn't like get you down it's not as right. dark or, or it's violent but it's like cartoonishly violent Mm-hmm. whereas batman is like one of those i don't know if i want to show my kid this until he's like 15 you know what i'm talking about right yeah. this movie is just i don't i don't know why it doesn't get talked about more this needs to make a comeback just because comic book movies don't look like this and it's kind of a bummer yeah yeah i think it is a bummer isn't it i, I one of the things that stood out to me again i mean i remember this the first time i saw it but the use of matte paintings in this oh, film yeah they just knocked me out, you know, because again, just just with the way the color, but also it it really transports you to a different place. I mean, clearly, you know, they're in some American city, you know, and whatnot, but <laughs> right. but uh wow, you know, just instantly. And I'm glad to hear that because uh, I just watched uh, you know, my TV isn't necessarily that big, but it looked good. I have it on Blu-ray too, and it, I yeah. thought it I thought everything looked uh re- remarkably good and thanks for mentioning the names of of uh the you know some of these technical and creative folks that that worked on that because i i i'm with you on particularly on the, on the cinematography too well i'm in the makeup we'll yeah. uh we'll uh we'll get there i can just go go um on and on i remember in in uh you know at, after my first viewing in 1990 i couldn't decide if i how necessarily I felt about the story. What what is your take uh, on 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 just the overall story or script? You know, the script of uh, uh, of this film. Rachel, what's what was your what was your opinion on on the on the on the script or just you know just the story in general? Yeah, I mean, it does feel like a comic book story. You know, it feels like it was you know ripped from the comic books to, to use the expression. Uh, I. I can feel that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like an incredibly complex plot. Uh, that's, you know, it's not a movie that's like trying to say a ton about or comment on things. It's it's a it's it's a pretty basic comic book kind of story. But uh, but the main appeal to this movie is more the style and the uh, the music and the performances. I would say over the story. Yeah, Darren, how do you feel about that? Is it style over substance in your in, in your book, or what's what's your take? Well, on the script? here's here's the thing: is I'm probably going to say this over. It's it's a comic book movie. <laughs> like there, <laughs> yeah. it was, this movie is based on like what Chester Gould created this in 1930, and literally it's just it's boxes like of drawings, right? And so 
they're, I don't know, thinking about it, there are basically three or maybe four different kinds of filmmakers and how they approach uh, comic book movies. There's um, guys that approach and understand intrinsically what a comic book is and what it's trying to do and the, the stories that it tells and the character arcs and things like that. There are people that, uh, second category, that just want to make a movie and they don't care about the aesthetics of comic books. They just want to make a good movie. And then there are the third category, which are people that don't respect comic books at all and just think that it's ridiculous. And, you know, that's where you get Catwoman from the Halle Berry. It's just, they don't respect that the medium like at all. And so they treat it like a joke, but I think Warren Beatty is one of those guys that he knows exactly what this is and what it's based on. And every shot, like the way that they seem to nail down the camera so that the camera never pans or never moves. Mm -hmm. It mimics perfectly each square frame of a comic book. And I think, yeah, even though that can be a drawback because it gets kind of static, it's, it's a perfect recreation of comic books and it, it's hard to because i know a lot of the critics like look at them they, well it's so dull and it's like and there's no movement like in the background it's like well and the pictures look like just drawings of pictures there's no but like that's a comic book like everything about this screams comic book which again i don't think anything besides batman or spider-man and the spider-verse kind of screams but that didn't even extends to the story i know it's basic but like rachel you were saying or like you guys talked about in your podcast it's it, the whole story is basic but that's a perfect comic book representation of what what comic books were even though you know what i mean i mean even though it's a drawback and it gets kind of dull it from the first frame to the last the artificiality of it and everything it screams comic book and that extends to the story yeah it's simple but the dick tracy comic strips were simple it was just dick tracy there's a crime he solves the crime that's it you know what i'm talking about yeah so plot wise and if, even if you're talking character-wise, like them giving Dick Tracy more character traits, like him being funny or him being in love or him falling, like falling for the kid or whatever, in a, in a way, those are the flaws of the movie because it goes deeper than what a comic book usually does. But I just think that the plot – and again, I'm going to make that excuse all the time. I, I just think that you have to know what you're watching in order to critique it. Um, so you can say it's static, but – at least know that, well, it's supposed to be static. And that's why I don't like it. You know what I mean? So I think even the plot perfectly services what a comic book should be, uh, warts and all. I mean, it's interesting because if you think about it compared to like the Schumacher Batmans, which yeah. also were really bright and colorful and, uh, and comic booky in a certain ex certain way, uh, but the script completely, you know, left those movies down with their you know lame puns and that credit card and stuff like that whereas this like the script doesn't actively hurt it it's fine it's perfectly yeah. serviceable and so the visuals can stand out yeah I, again it, it's more in line with that gould comic strip it's like tracy was mm -hmm. dull like he wasn't the, the exciting part like the exciting part was flat top and was itchy and was prune face and little face and those you I, I kind of like attribute it to like Seinfeld when Seinfeld started. He had Jerry who was at the center and then he had Elaine and Kramer and George who were these wacko guys that he people that friends that he would like bounce off of. And Jerry was always the straight man and was never got involved yeah. in that stuff until the later seasons. And that's where I think it kind of lost its way. But Dick Tracy's like that. He's the center of this. He's a block of wood. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's that's his whole point. Every one of these characters only ex like flat top exists to, you know, do like itchy exists to itch flat top exists to do big boys bidding, you know, stuff like that. And Dick Tracy just exists to solve crimes. It's um, like, you know, Rachel, you're, you're talking about it's it's basic, but that's it's the point in a way, I think. And that's it's kind of hard to kind of um, uh, make sense of that in a way. 
you know, one of the criticisms that Gene Siskel threw at the at the film, and and he wasn't really ripping on it. You know, I I didn't, I didn't think. And Rachel, correct me if you if I did if I'm interpreting this, you know, uh, inaccurately. But he was saying that he thought that this that Warren Beatty's interpretation of Dick Tracy was maybe almost too modern, like too too uh, nuanced. To to what Dick Tracy really is, as you said, I love what you said there. He's a block of wood. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he felt like he was kind of bland. Yeah, you know, I I thought he was bland, but I also though was wondering would would Dick Tracy of the comic book even have given Breathless Mahoney a second look? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know what's you know what's your take on that i mean do you feel like that that maybe the dick tracy and again this is just on just more on the script and maybe on warren Beatty's creative choices did he kind of deviate of who dick tracy actually is or did he really or did he just stick with it and try to make it maybe a little more interesting i'm never writing the comic book so i can't speak to that that's fair. What's your take, Jared? Do you have a, a, any uh, any well, thoughts on that? I'm I I mentioned that I think I think I mentioned that my memory's not what it used to be, so <laughs> I could have not. Join I just could have been imagining it, right, right. But I, I like the comic books. I'm I'm not like uh, religiously again. Growing up, I was Batman was the one that I read constantly. So I, I'm not like an expert in the Dick Tracy comics, but I, I've read enough or seen enough that. It, that's like I mentioned. It's, it's all that it is. Like Dick Tracy just shows up. He solves crimes. It's all the other characters. Like Flat Top will show up and you know cause havoc, and then Dick Tracy will solve it. Um, Dick Tracy in the comics is dull, and so I think. And, and, and this is what, I, what we're talking about. Is like when you're watching it. I think Warren Beatty perfectly embodies that that blandness of the comics, and I think we kind of demand more. Um, of our comic book or characters in general in movies these days well, where I just, that two-dimensional doesn't work. I feel like now this movie would definitely be over two hours and yeah. it would probably have a bunch of of orange uh, <laughs> <laughs> shots. With, yeah. You know, if it was, if it was, you imagine if this movie was made by Zack Snyder, it would have oh, lots no. of slow mo and long <laughs> orange. <laughs> Why? It would be so <laughs> <Yeah>. long. <laughs> well, I, uh, I just think I think the style of Dick of Warren Beatty's acting. I don't. Am I? Am I? Is it a hot take to say I think Warren Beatty's the same in everything? <laughs> like watching Bonnie and Clyde or Reds, he's fun. He's like Cary Grant. He's like got a persona, but I don't think there's anything yeah. that's like perfectly like deep or, or transcendent about his acting. And I think this kind of suits that. Well, I mean, I guess you got to give him a little bit of credit as the director for not uh, making his performance more showy. Yeah, letting other people steal the show. Which is weird because he's a notorious narcissist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're so vain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, him. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and you bring up great, great points. I, I wondered about, you know, I, I recently saw a Warren Beatty in Heaven Can Wait, you know, made in 1978. And yeah, I think it's 78. But anyway, I love that movie. But I think you're right. He's, like, he's, the, he's just the same 
He's the same character in there. Well, I, I, I don't mean that as a negative. Again, Carrie no, Grant's one, of, one no. of our best. You know what I mean? It's, it's just the persona. And, yeah. Uh, they, I think they even wanted to put makeup on Beatty in this movie to kind of have him tie in with the uh, character. But they didn't want one of the most what famous faces being covered up with clay. And so. Yeah, right. Um, but I, I'm just going to keep going back to it. It's like his it's two dimensional. And, and I think the flaws are giving him more than that. Those two dimensions just to try to appeal. So even though they tried to go about and beyond it still doesn't it didn't um mesh with what people wanted at the time again even though i think like batman is a more shallow movie than this it's, it's much more shallow than this that's much more about style than this one is because there's at least some heart you know when the kid rips out that little the certificate that says dick tracy jr yeah i, I feel more in that scene than i felt during anything during batman so <laughs> so i don't know it's it's comic books are shallow <laughs> i don't know how else to explain <laughs> you know yeah do you think that, I mean, this, you know, Dick Tracy came out a year after Tim Burton's Batman. Do you feel like Tim, Burton, Tim Burton's Batman influenced this film in any way? It sure or... feels like it. It I does, mean, with the, it? the style, the kind of showiness, the, the Danny Elfman <laughs> music. Yeah, Danny Elfman, yeah. I mean, I just found Batman to be, and maybe part of it was that Batman had been super sold to me. You know, is this classic of the genre and everything? So then I go to watch it. Like I, I did a um a little series before Batman v Superman, and I go to watch it and I'm like, what? This is boring. <laughs> They're just like ambling around. Like I just didn't, mm-hmm. and I just felt like the whole thing with Kim Basinger and the reporter guy was so long, and such a <laughs> part of the movie. And I was not into that at all, and. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, "This hard, hardly a Batman movie. He's barely in the movie." I well, mean, and Dick Tracy is in pretty much almost every, every single. Yeah, scene. Dick Tracy. <laughs> Dick Tracy is present in yeah, basically every scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rachel, I got to say, I I love anti-Batman takes. I love them. <laughs> I, I think when people see Batman in a theater, I was the same way. Like I mentioned before, the the style of that movie just overtakes your brain, and you you think you've seen the greatest movie ever. But then, as an adult, again, the reason I love Batman as a character is the Bruce Wayne character, the the trauma and the the pain that he goes through, and the way that he tries to you know channel that anger and all that that pain into something hopeful and useful right i love that and i don't think any of the movies i honestly don't think any of the movies aside from uh, mask of phantasm which more ties in with uh, the animated series i don't think any of the movies until batman begins got that bruce that side of bruce wayne on screen before the the tim burton i have a problem like with the, the tim burton movie because it, it relies on your knowledge of batman in order for you to empathize or engage with any of the plot like you you have to know why he became batman they don't even really go into that they just kind of oh his parents were killed and that's why this happened yeah so you don't really there, there's no emotional core to the movie i just so the one thing i don't understand when people talk about batman is yeah it looks great but where's the emotions like why yeah. nothing anybody does is logical in this movie they're just yeah. operating according to what the characters have done from the 30s like i don't it might as well be called joker destroys art yeah <laughs> that, that's, that's all that it is you know what i mean and so where where's the the pathos vicky vale movies vicky <laughs> yeah. bell screams right <laughs> that's but, all that it is but yeah and then batman returns i do think is better it has more story and michelle pfeiffer yeah. is so good in it right but that whole plot with penguin running for governor or mayor or whatever political office yeah, doesn't that matter. is snooze. <laughs> 
that does nothing for me at all. Yeah, it's uh, there was a glut of comic book movies, I think, in the 90s where people didn't understand the comics at all. And Batman Returns is probably the worst offender because <laughs> none of the characters that they, that's not where they come from or how they operate in the comics. So, again, it's like you can like that movie, but mm-hmm. it's not accurate at all. Like Catwoman was not a secretary that got licked back to life by cats. You know, and there's Penguin was so little Batman in Batman Returns. I mean, yeah. Batman and Bruce Wayne, like mm-hmm. very little. Well, I think that might. I, did the filmmakers think that they already did all the character work they needed in the first one? Because they didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And it, it's sad because yeah, there's a lot of the arguments about well, Batman kills a lot of people in cold blood, but you know, it's you know whatever. That's somebody's take on it. I just they never talk in the movies about why that's a code, so that doesn't really bother me. But mm-hmm. it as a hero, and I hate to say this, but Batman Forever, there was a, a few parts where it's like, oh, there's the hero that I've been wanting to see, like. In, in the movies it's like, in in this movie why is it in this movie that he comes out <laughs> yeah i mean we're getting way off topic but i mean <laughs> i just think that batman wow. the animated series did batman so much better than has yeah. ever been done uh, and it's it just can never i don't think it ever be topped in my eyes uh really? it is such a great series in every way the animation <laughs> the music the story the development of of batman slash bruce wayne's character yeah and so I don't know that's the bar for me. What do you think makes Dick Tracy then? How does Dick Tracy differentiate itself from Batman? I, I hate to make it so binary, but is is Dick Tracy a better film than than Batman? Is it just a different film? Is it a, a better comic book adaptation? I know there's a lot of different routes we could. I think so. Say, it's better than everything, Stanford. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I think it's better. Well, I, I I think it is too, but I wanted to get your, <laughs> get your opinions. <laughs> I, I think it's a, a better story. I think it's more fun. I think that, that uh, the art direction uh, and uh, is at least as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. Um, the makeup. I mean, we should talk about some of these characters. They look so bizarre in a fun way. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you only had what Joker, who is disfigured in Batman, and here, like mm-hmm. everybody but the good guys. <laughs> you know, right. you can tell yeah. it's it, everybody, you can tell it's a bad guy, but the way that they look, if they look human, then, oh, they must be a good guy. I don't know if that's, is that racism? Like, what is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the big boy, the Al Pacino, I mean, almost unrecognizable. Yeah. You know, Al Pacino really did have a lot of makeup on, didn't he? Let's maybe we should talk a little bit about some of these performances and you know, some of your makeup. I, I'd like to hear who your favorite bad guy is. Cause as 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 Darren Apley said, the good guys none of them really had any makeup. I mean, they had clearly whatever makeup you know you had to be put on camera, but, mm-hmm. but these other ones had prosthetics and all this stuff, but that are amazing and also look so much like chester gould's drawings you know that's one of the things that i love about it too is that they really stayed true to you know those those character designs from 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 the comic uh they they weren't very creative with the names the brow (laughs) well it's just kind of descriptive you know i you know i mentioned i think too you know off off uh 
uh, recording, but my my favorite is is uh, little little face. <laughs> it looks like Humpty Dumpty to, to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's just it's so clever. Mm-hmm. You know, and he doesn't get a lot of screen time. There's that kind of poker game that's going on uh, in, during the opening credits, and I just think, dang, I wish all these people would you know would hang around more. Some of them do, like Flat Top. And, yeah, and I like whatnot. Flat Top. But yeah. yeah, who are your who are your favorites and and uh, and why? Uh, yeah, Darren, uh, yeah, I think or, or, no, please go ahead, Rachel. Yeah, I think Flat Top is or uh, um, uh, is probably my favorite uh, or the Brow. <laughs> the Brow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it well, Proof Face? <laughs> One of them too. I like Proof yeah, Face. Yeah. R.G. Yeah. Armstrong, right? Yeah, yeah. What about you, Jared? Do you have any favorites? Uh, well, I like I like all of them. It's it, <laughs> I'm going to go for the boring one. Like, it, first of all, it's nice to see William Forsythe like get a, a, a like a major role, like <laughs> you know, as as Flat Top. I like that. Yeah. I like Itchy. I like uh, like you said, Little Face or everything. I, I got to go with um, Big Boy. I I just think. Oh my goodness! Like like I said, it's a boring. Uh, answer but like al pacino is so funny like all this i know he did is he had uh, somebody design his own makeup and just the way that he yells all his lines the note that i wrote down watching it last night was it's funny that al pacino is so over the top here but this is like every performance that he does now like he just <laughs> yeah, shouts I know. but I the know, way that he so <laughs> i like wrote down like are his quotes real like the way he quotes like nietzsche and lincoln and that cracked me up and then there's obviously the part of the end where you're supposed to be mad at him you know what i'm talking but he's like so funny it's the you know when he's like wait a minute i'm having a thought like hold on i guess this i'm gonna have a thought it's coming it's gone it's like where did that come from it's so funny and so he's he's just like he's got this self-loathing even though he's a loathsome character you can tell like he's not comfortable with him it's just a fun performance watching al pacino just completely lose him and i think this was the first Maybe the first comic book movie to get a an acting nomination, yeah. Because of him, I, it's surprising to know that to, to learn that Jack Nicholson didn't get a nomination for Batman. I don't. It's just it's strange, but yeah. Sorry for that boring answer, but Big no, Boy. Oh, it's a good answer because I, I mean, you know, again to compare a little bit, I, I think that Big Boy Caprice is a, actually better villain than than the Joker than you know than Jack yeah. Nicholson's Joker. But yeah, um, I wouldn't have nominated him. I'm gonna uh, give a hot take. I've said this before. I think. The, there's no difference between Jack Nicholson's Joker and Jim Carrey's Ace Ventura. I think they're the same exact performance. There's even a part where Jack Nicholson talks out of his butt. It's like there's yeah. no yeah. nuance. There's no anything. It's just him going and trying to be funny and as wacky as possible. And uh, you compare that to the Heath Ledger Joker, the way that he's written <laughs> as a as a character instead of just showboat. I don't know. 1990 uh, was like the year for the mob movie because yeah. you had Goodfellas, <laughs> yeah. you had Godfather Part Three, and Dick Tracy all in one year. Miller's oh, Crossing. Right you had Miller's Crossing. Oh, wasn't it crossing. wasn't it funny to see Al Pacino and uh, <laughs> uh, James Caan in the same room again? It was like, oh, Sonny Corleone <laughs> can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah, because James Caan, you know, again, one of the few characters that didn't have a lot of makeup. I mean, he they they kind of dressed him up, but but uh, mm-hmm. that was so fun. I loved I loved his cameo in it. Uh, what did you think of Mumbles with you know Dustin Hoffman? What, was, yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that, both of you? <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> just the way that he's laughing at the little uh, the interrogation, and then he just starts crying. It's you know Hoffman's a notorious method actor, and just just knowing all the trouble that he went through to do this part just cracks me up. Um, but how? My question for you two, and I wrote this down and again and again. The way that the movie looks and sounds, and whenever an actor pops up, there's there's Catherine O'Hara, there's you know there's uh, James Caan, there's Kathy Bates, there's Estelle Parsons, or you yeah. know. Yeah. How expensive was this movie? Did they all did oh. all these people do this as a favor for Beatty? You know, you wonder if yeah, if Warren Beatty called in favors, you know. And that I just can be can't. distracting when you have when you have big name actors in like little parts and you're like there's this movie out now called Amsterdam, and that totally uh. is that all all a lot. You know, they have an actor like Chris Rock playing uh, just a nothing part like that anybody could play. And so it's distracting because you, you expect, keep expecting him to be there for some reason. So you're like looking and looking and looking. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a number of times in that movie, there's a huge bloated cast. And, uh, and so that can actually be to a film's detriment. I think when the people call in too many favors. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's maybe enough. I'm not, uh, I I agree with you. Like it can be just, I'm just wondering like, but they, maybe they were just paid by the word. (laughs) So that's why they're able to get so many people in there. Even even seeing Dick Van Dyke or Charles Durning or for crying out loud, Seymour Cassell, you know, show up and stuff. It's like, it's it's nice that they color like every scene. Um, I don't know if there was a purpose to having them. Like Rachel said, it's not in a major role, but it's it's kind of fun. Like seeing them pop up. Um, Yeah. Many Tinkin. Yeah, oh my gosh, oh, yeah. being able to Man, sing. Thinking. <laughs> you know, personally, I didn't find it distracting. I found it fun. Uh, but that was just me. Did, mm-hmm. did, was it distracting for the for, for no. either of you? Yeah. It can and, be though, and, right? And Tracy, Rachel, I think it can saying. be too. But yeah. but for me it didn't it didn't distract. It was more of a delight than than uh it's like, oh my goodness, you know, there's a still Parsons, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rachel, what's the difference between this and Amsterdam then? What <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, they, they both have, they both have, you know, des, a design aesthetic that's pretty strong and they both have some decent performances, but this uh, is just, I would say it's more fun and it tells a more linear story where Amsterdam's kind of jumping all over the place. And uh, I mean, I liked the themes of friendship in Amsterdam. I didn't like hate it as much as some people do, but I certainly am not going to recommend it. But uh, but yeah, I think this is more like consistent. It's a better story. Um, it's just, and it's not as long. I don't, I forget how long Amsterdam is, but it felt long. This is shorter. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen Amsterdam, Darren? I, I have not seen it yet. No, it's, I've got so many movies I need to watch. And so David or Russell movies, aside from all the stuff that's going, like they're not like the most exciting uh, enticing things for me so it, I, maybe i'll see it somewhere down the line it's got christian bale in it and margot yeah. robbie so yeah <laughs> two hours yeah. 14 minutes so okay another half hour so. which i mean they just think about like i said that if this was made now it would definitely be over two hours it'd be longer they just have gotten comic book movies have gotten so bloated yeah, yeah. that uh you rarely see one that i remember when um i think it was was it dr strange too one of them that people are like oh it's so short and i'm like thank 
<laughs> it was no, I think it was Venom too. Like, that was the one. Thank Venom the maker. That, uh... <laughs> well, I, I remember stuff on Twitter saying, "Oh, Doctor Strange two is under two hours." And I'm like, "This yeah. is news? Like, why? <laughs> why like, is this thank news? Goodness, this is great. <laughs> it's like, but it's going to be a trend. Yeah, but like, that was another thing last night. It was like this movie's so simple. It was over before I knew it. Like it, it does what it needs to do, and there's hardly any embellishments. Yeah, maybe aside yeah. from the Spawn Time songs, which I love, but other than that, there's no. It's it's just very um uh, there's no meat on the bone i guess you could say it's just very it does what it needs to do and then it's out like yeah i can't more movies do that and i no, didn't even realize it was a sondheim song yeah those are steven sondheim wrote four original songs for the film and one of them is sung by mel torme yeah which you Oscar. know he almost got an egot he just didn't get the emmy and uh you know and i i I love i love those songs i think uh, i think sooner sooner or later won the oscar if i'm not mistaken yeah for best for best song and and uh Mm -hmm. great great stuff well there's your tick tick boom tie-in rachel Mm -hmm. (laughs) my favorite (laughs) speaking of sooner or later how how did you think madonna did in this film again because i you know as we as we as we addressed a little bit earlier, she kind of torpedoes movies, <laughs> right? Or or, <laughs> or isn't it doesn't necessarily help them? What was your take? I, on, she on was her? fine, but a little annoying. <laughs> That's how I would say. Was she annoying because she was Madonna or just because of the, the of the performance? Of maybe, the that's, performance maybe those are intertwined. <laughs> those are those are one of the same. <laughs> what was your take, Darren? I think it you posing that question to us, I, I paid particular more attention to it than I think I normally would. First of all, that dress that she comes out when she's Tracy's talking to the first time, I'm like, how is this PG? Well, <laughs> like, exactly. you can see through her dress. I know. That's what I was thinking. At, the, no wonder they had to pull the Walt Disney pictures, you know, for yeah, yeah. all of this. This is not yeah. a Disney movie. Yeah. But if you're if you're talking about it, I think she's the same it, it fits the same kind of mode as, as uh Warren Beatty. She's given maybe one note to play and she plays it. Like yeah. um Madonna like people even know who madonna is these days it's like when when she was around in the 80s i think she was all about her image like whether she was on stage or on album covers or uh, music videos it was just about the image that she was projecting at that particular moment that you were looking at her and so i think with this one she was basically given the you need to play the femme fatale like so she sounds like marilyn monroe but she's acting She's got the same acting style as your, like your Rita Hayworths or your Barbara Stanwyck mm-hmm. or Ava Gard. That's the note that she was given to play, and she plays it. And there's even a part yeah. where, you know, a big boy is like slapping all the dancers, and he's around with them, and then he slams the piano uh, door down on 88 keys, his fingers, and and Breathless is like that. That was dumb to do like that. He's the best piano player in the city, and and so he, big boy, basically chastises her to the point where he slaps her in the face, where she cries. Yeah, and I was like, that's good. Like, that's good acting right there. It's not just mm-hmm. um, all for show. Like, you can definitely feel why she would turn, you know what I mean, on yeah. him. So, I, I, yeah, I, she's she's fine. She's not like great or anything, but she she was asked to do one thing and she does it. I think that's to be rec- to commended. I thought she had her moments. Uh, th- uh, to that scene in particular, I think, is probably one of the better scenes that she's in. Uh and again, I, I think that very opening scene, part of it is because I love that sooner or later song, but how you just see her back's turned to the camera and she's singing and then, you know, the camera slowly goes in, goes uh, into her. That I think is, 
sexy and just great, you know, just, just a, a really great intro to her, her character. And then it's going to be kind of downhill. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder though, more than Madonna, what did you think of the little boy? Cause I've heard some people think, Oh, he's annoying. People don't like him. Jack from hook, right? Charlie yeah. Cosmo. Which he's way more annoying. And wasn't he, yeah. And wasn't he in what about Bob too? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He was, didn't work. I, I, I think he's cute. I mean, you know, yeah. I think I thought he was fine. Well, what was your take, Darren? He's precocious, all right. Like he's, but to it never goes over any line. There are some other um, kid actors that I could point out and make fun of. I don't want to do that because that's cruel. But I, I think he's he does what he needs to do, and he's he's funny. And the scenes with in the diner with Tracy and Tess, where they're just staring at him as he's like <laughs> eating a whole table, like a buffet's worth of food, is really funny. And so he's you know he's a likable kid, and he's very plucky and. Again, ripped from the comic books, how he's on the back of their cars all the time. And I, don't, I think, you know, Rachel, you said he's getting work, but I think it's for a point. Like, he does what he needs to do. Cosmos was a fine actor around this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I thought he was great. And I also thought that that he played off well with, with Glenn uh, oh, yeah. Healy, you know, if I'm saying her name correctly. Uh, yeah. I I thought she gave a very good performance as Tess True Heart. What, what, did you, what, did you, what do you two think? Is it, yeah. was it kind of one-dimensional, or or do you think she you know brought some well, Rachel, something else wanna, to the role? Did you want to go first, Rachel? Yeah, I I I mean the for the most part, I thought the women were kind of there for their roles. I they didn't do a whole lot for me in it, but uh, but it was fine. Hmm. I would say serviceable. It's always okay. It's always good to see her. You know, like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and um, yes. uh, Mr. Holland's Opus, which I think yes. she gives just as good a performance as Richard Dreyfus in that one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I just, and especially knowing that Warren Beatty and Madonna were dating at the time, just the way yeah. that her confidence as Tess Trueheart, I, I just think that she, uh, she was written like to be cool. Like she has the part where, you know, she sees the kids steal the money and she's like, would you like a broken arm? Like, she, and the part with the baseball that she's, or like garbage that she uses as a baseball and she like gets right in the garbage can and impresses the kid. She's not a pushover, you know, to the point where she sees Tracy kissing uh, breathless and she holds her own until she's all by herself and you see her break down. I just, I think maybe she has Hidley or Hidley or sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name. Right. I don't say I'm not sure. But she died of, um, she died just not too long ago, right? Of a she died re- fairly recently. Yeah. And that's sad. She's always such a beautiful actress and, and sweet. And I think she really gets that across. It's nuanced and I like her. And, and Rachel, you're talking about like, and it sucks. Like comic books, like there's always the damsels in distress, <laughs> but that's, they're like male, like empowerment fantasies. I hate to say that about comic books, but that's really all that they are. And yeah. it does suck. But she, even though she does get to be the damsel in distress, and that's kind of disappointing. Like she's she's not an idiot. Like she has her own agency and she makes decisions. And you can see why Tracy loves her, just because you know she's stalwart. I, I don't know. I, I really like her. I like her character and I like her her acting. I am with you on the damsel in distress thing, and I think if anything about the script. That's the one thing I remember just not loving. However, I know that it's, again, I think true to uh, probably like the source material, at least thematically, you know, to the source material, to the time period, to this type of, you know, film. But still, I think, dang, you know, this seems to be such an overused 
Well, it's a long you know, way from Wonder Woman and Black Widow. I I agree with that. It's it's great that we have Wonder Woman as a you know somebody to look up to these days. So they're definitely yeah. making strides, <laughs> at least. <laughs> uh, do you think that the film was, you know, I guess some of the criticism was it was it was either too cartoony, yet too violent. I mean, what's your or and also. Is there like this level of toxic masculinity in this film that makes it kind of, you know, unpleasant? What's you know how do you how do you view how, how do you view that, Rachel? What do you what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess if you were really looking to be offended, you could find it. <laughs> but uh, it there there are archetypes like we've talked about, damsel in distress, and or just kind of the uh the you've got the femme fatale kind of type of character and you have the uh they don't have a ton of personality but they're there to just sort of be arm candy kind of the Hmm. the women and uh but uh but i don't know i wasn't offended (laughs) it wasn't anything too toxic uh that you sometimes see in in some of these in some of these movies what's your take on that, Darren. Well, Rachel said it best about, and there's like, I love you guys. <laughs> I love how you know there's there's stuff in here that we can. I love that, Rachel. That's that's a great attitude to have. It's just if you're if you're talking about like um, it being too cartoony, I, I touched on this briefly, I think, but just the way that every every single shot in this movie is is it's emblematic or symbolic or perfectly embodies a comic strip. Just just yeah. the way down to like there's maybe two people in in a frame or three people. The way that they use split diopters to kind of get everybody in the frame. The way that the camera doesn't move. The way that the colors are very, and that's the pushback to the movie. I feel it's like it's it feels one note. You know what I mean? It feels like a comic book from the first frame. Like you're trapped in the world, and at the very end, it's the same. It fits the same aesthetic bill. I just but there's you could either do that. Or you could shy away from it and become more realistic, like you know the Nolan movies, uh, Batman movies try to approach comic books like from a real world perspective. Like I'd but rather this... have this portrayal of women than the women in the Schumacher Batman movies, yeah, which are just yeah. so cringe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's... like Nicole Kidman's character in right. Forever is just she's supposed <laughs> to be a smart woman. <laughs> she's gaga over this guy in bat ears yeah I yeah know. and then in the batman and robin uma thurman's character with just the puns and the like i take <laughs> and and then the way they do alicia silverstone batgirl is bad and uh and so i i mean i don't know i i i think this is they serve a purpose they're there but they're not like especially like empowering or great they're fine yeah, I think if anything, the the people's complaints about this movie is it doesn't go above and beyond. Not and not every movie needs to go above and beyond. This movie, I think it's it perfectly embodies a comic book. Like if you want to know what a comic book is, like watch this, watch yeah. Popeye, watch watch Batman with the sound turned off. I know, especially <laughs> I know like nineties uh, comics. Yeah, yeah, especially so. It's. I get people's drawback. I just think that it's, like I said, it's a perfect representation of what a comic book is from first frame to the last. Yeah. And that can be I, a drawback. But I would just say, if you want to see a piece of art in a movie, that's not going to bore you to death. Like some art movies, <laughs> uh, then this is a good one to watch. This is the sleeping beauty of comic book. movies. 
know, in a lot of ways it is, though, isn't it? Because it's, you know, what other film really, you know, every frame of it is is a a work of art. That's not an animated film. Even if it's still going for, you know, simplicity, it's uh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, gorgeous to look at. Yeah. And I think that's it's. It, it, I play that that's for me is is its strength. I, you know, I, I enjoy the action. I think one of my favorite sequences is is I think it's I don't know if it necessarily is in the third act, but uh, where Dick Tracy shows up and they're having that big gunfight in the street, and he's got that machine gun mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and just oh, yeah. everybody away. And but it's it's so visceral. It's it's and yeah. so beautifully filmed as as very I thought it was exciting and wow this is you know this is so cool <laughs> <laughs> and not that I you know love violence I just but I just thought wow <laughs> this was this was so striking to me I loved it yeah well they're they're comic book yeah. bullets <laughs> well any other thoughts on you're not going to see any blood it's it's violent but it's, it's <laughs> right we didn't see any blood any other final thoughts on on Dick Tracy and why why people should give it a give it a chance today. Well, I was just really impressed with the visuals. Like I said, yeah. I just thought it was a really outstanding uh, the makeup, the production design. I think that's the the big draw to see this movie. And I don't know. I love I love this movie. Like <laughs> I can just drink it up. Uh, it's uh, like it's simple like like we talked about it it just it suits the comic books comic books are very simple I, especially today this is such a standout movie it looks like nothing else that's out today yeah. especially superhero wise it's so unique i'm so i don't know i'm, I'm kind of sad that more movies don't kind of take this kind of more comic book movies don't they take these kind of chances and be more uh i don't know like or, original in the way that they look instead of looking like everything else and relying on I don't know the charisma of their actors, which is fun, and but there's still a lot of charisma here. You know, there's obviously having Warren Beatty and and Dustin Hoffman, you know, their Ishtar time days and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can tell that these people like each other. There's a lot of charisma to this movie, and there's Rachel, like you said, the visually it's just stunning. Like every shot is a masterpiece of art direction and special effects and matte paintings and just. Wow, like like I said, I could drink this movie and I love it. Um, I know I get that people think that it's flawed, but the staticness of it is of a piece with what they're trying to go for, and I think it, it works beautifully in that way. Yeah, you know, I appreciate so much your your, your comments because I, I I agree. I, I think this film, you know, is is just absolutely beautiful, and for what it is, it's it's a lot of fun. I like to how you know. It, it feels in some ways it kind of has a very like film noir ish, you know, ending hmm. uh, to it with, 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 uh, well, I guess we don't necessarily need to give the spoiler, you know, spoilers, but, but still, you don't leave the theater like feeling all depressed. You kind of, you know, I think I remember <laughs> feeling like kind of almost exhilarated, but also almost like tired in that. It's just like, oh my gosh, what did I just watch? You know, this was, this was amazing. <laughs> you know, this, visually, this was such, this was such a visual treat that that it's 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 really it's such as you're saying this is a it's a very unique movie going experience that you just don't get particularly with comic book films you know or really with any kind of film uh, <laughs> and I hope that people will give it a chance but you know uh, I don't think it's necessarily 
easy to i mean i think you can easily find, pick up a blu-ray or something of it i don't believe it's on any streaming platforms i watched it on blu-ray you know because my own personal blu-ray blu-ray yeah but, i uh, rented it i think yeah this isn't on uh, disney plus it's not on disney plus huh. okay. it should be on i don't disney think plus. any of the uh the touchstone or not any but very I don't few, think very many of them are very few of the touchstones are on, on disney plus i mean part of it is because they're not that family friendly but hello you know they've got <laughs> logan on now oh, i know oh, yeah <laughs> <There's Logan>. well <laughs> to be fair like the first movie that i watched when we got disney plus was three men and a baby <laughs> like that's the first thing <laughs> yeah. I put on. and i've watched it a dozen times since in the years we've been so <laughs> Yeah, we talked about that in our ranking. That's right, that's right, you did. Because, yeah, because Three Men and a Little Lady, you know, was... uh, Less drugs. Less less drugs. Yeah, I rented it on YouTube for $3.99. Okay, yeah, so uh, definitely I think it's worth worth finding and, and worth taking some time to... To check it out because it's really it's really a one of a kind, um, one of a kind movie. I I wish we could see it on the big screen again. But yeah, I, that would you know, be fun. That would, would be. be that would be fun. Maybe have to go to some revival house or something. Right? <laughs> but they would they might they might play it. Well, thank you both so much for taking again taking the time to talk with me about this. I I enjoyed it and learned so much as I always do when, when I when I talk with you both. Rachel, where can people find your content? You can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes, so check that out. Also, uh, you can find Stanford and I in Talking Disney Classics podcast uh, that we do once a month, which is really fun. And uh, also, you can find the Hallmarkies podcast all over the place. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Thanks, Rachel. And how about, Darren, where, where can people find you and your excellent content, too? Well, first of all, you can find me on Talking Disney on our ranking episode. Yes. I think it was number 69, so please check that out. I had a, I had a ball talking with you guys there. so fun talking with you, bro. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at D.W. Lundberg. You'll find a picture of Kevin Costner and Phil the Dreams, and so it's kind of easy to, to pick me out. But yeah, Nostalgia Cast, we're in the middle of our fourth season. We're doing 90s movies and kind of diving into when Johnny and I fell in love with movies and became movie buffs, and um, all of that has led to talking to you two and so <laughs> i really uh i thank my lucky stars that i was able to meet um, so many great people on on twitter and you guys rachel and Stanford, you guys are leading the pack i just i want everybody to know how great you are and how much i appreciate your friendship wow oh, thank right you. Back to you right back at you and i appreciate you both so much again thanks thanks for your time thanks so much for your friendship and your, your expertise and everything and watch the watch the tracy people right please yeah, please do <laughs> that does it for this episode of the movies past and present podcast again links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com subscribe to the podcast on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and stitcher links are also on the blog and follow me on instagram put a lot of content on there my handle is at movies pap as in past and present as always i hope you will enjoy some good movies this week whether they be from the past or the present Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be safe out there and dedicate yourself to the truth.